Welcome to Yoke Talk, a look behind the scenes at Yoke Youth Ministries. Yoke is transforming communities by mentoring middle school students, equipping young leaders, engaging local churches, and enriching local schools. And in each episode of Yoke Talk, we have a conversation with the people who are making that happen. Hey, Yoke family, Jonathan here. And I'm Eli. And we're back with another season of Yoke Talk. And as we were discussing things that we wanted to talk about this season, we just felt like we could not ignore um, this violence that's shaken our community and how it's impacting the kids that we serve. Yeah, as I'm sure that our our listeners will be aware, uh, four students from Austin East High School, including Justin Taylor, Stanley Freeman, Janaria Muhammad, and Jamarian Gillette, have all lost their lives to gun violence just since January. Most recently, Anthony Thompson was shot and killed by police after he was found on campus with a gun in his possession. And we think it's important to say that this is not an Austin East problem. It's not just an East Knoxville problem either. These are our kids and this is our problem and we wanna be part of the solution. And we know that you do too. Yeah, you're exactly right, Eli. It's with that in mind that we're bringing you a series of interviews this month with friends and partners who, like us, have dedicated their lives to serving young people. We want to know what the issues are and how we can help. And we also want to know how God is already at work through our friends and through the ministries that they're involved with. So as we learn, we'll be praying for peace and for protection for our students, for our teachers, and for our community partners. And we'll be sensitive to the ways that God might use us to answer our own prayers. Mm, Well said. Now let's meet this week's guest. Joining us today for the podcast is our friend Kara Finger from the Wesley House. How are you, Kara? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, the first thing we want to do uh, is is introduce you to our Yoke family. So tell us a little bit about you and, and how you got where you are. And then uh, we want to know more about the Wesley House, too. Absolutely. So my name's Kara. I've been the executive director of Wesley House for two years, almost to the day, almost to the day. Well, happy anniversary. (laughs) My anniversary. Thank you. I was um, my, uh, let's see, sophomore year in college, I decided that I wanted to become a mentor through Big Brothers Big Sisters. And for some reason, they allowed me to intern with them. (laughs) And then they hired me. And I, were, I was there for 11 years um, and I did just about anything programmatically there that you could possibly think of. My career there two years ago as vice president of programs. And I honestly had no intentions of leaving, but I had two separate colleagues text me about the open position of, of the executive director at Wesley House Community Center. The first colleague I ignored, and then the second one, I was like, okay, God, are you telling me something? Maybe, <laughs> I, need to, maybe I need to pay attention to this. Um, and one, one uh, but two, maybe. <laughs> maybe there's something to this. So I, um, I just kind of took a leap of faith. I'd never interviewed for a job, oddly enough. Uh, I worked in restaurant prior to this and they just were desperate for help and just hired me on the spot. And then at Big Brothers Big Sisters, it was free work. So they never, 
uh, interviewed me. So I had no idea what I was doing. And I was very clear with that in the interview. I was like, I've never done this before. So forgive me if I'm, <laughs> uh, but they hired me on and I have just, um, it has been such a great move for me personally, um, and professionally. I absolutely love the work, um, love the community that I get to serve as the executive director at Wesley house. So it's been a great move and a great transition. Tell us, uh, for those in our audience who may not be familiar with the Wesley House, tell us a little bit more about what you do there. Absolutely. We are in the MLB area. For those of you who aren't familiar, it's the Mechanicsville, Lonsdale, Beaumont areas in the uh, zip code 37921. We were founded in 1907 and we have not moved really, we moved about a mile away from our, our original location. But our primary focus is to provide affordable quality and accessible after school care for some of the most marginalized families in our community. So we serve um, primarily single mothers or grandparents as parents about 82% um, uh, it ranges anywhere from 82 to 86% of our children are children of color. They go to some of the most under-resourced schools in our community. We serve eight um, different schools and two or eight different elementary schools and two different middle schools. And um, we are really focused on that educational enrichment a spiritual growth. We have a huge focus on making sure that our children understand and know who Jesus is, how to pray, and how to love others. And then our third focus for our children is that emotional um, health, mental health. We really want to be sure that we are pouring into our children that they know how to take care of themselves and take care of others. And then our other program that a lot of people don't know about is we serve um, socially isolated senior citizens. We also serve senior citizens in the East Knoxville area as well. Um, we have about 24 participants and we get together every Friday for a healthy meal. And then the grand, we call them our grannies, our grannies, they play bingo um, and they play their prize are basic necessity items. So toilet paper, paper towels, um, dish soap, laundry detergent, you name it. Um, and bingo is very competitive. Uh, so if you want to come and check it out, then <laughs> just be prepared. Do not call bingo. I don't care who tries to convince you. Don't do it because they, they will heckle you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that I'm just now learning about Friday bingo. Oh my gosh. You, you got to come at least once, at least <laughs> once and just see and just see. <laughs> I'll be there. You mentioned uh, your students come from two middle schools. I know that's going to be of particular interest to our Yoke family. What schools are those? We are at Northwest Middle and Bearden Middle, and those are the feeder patterns to our, our elementary schools that we serve. Okay. Very good. Now, all this month, we're talking about this issue of violence in our city, and I think one of the things that's so upsetting is how, uh, how much that's affected our youth and our students, uh, even those that we are working with and serve here at uh, Yoke. Um, you're in, a, in kind of a unique position. I'd love to hear from you what you think some of the contributing factors to this violence are. Absolutely. I am a huge mental health advocate. And so that is where I'm gonna go first. Um, I don't believe we're doing our children 
or their families any justice by not focusing on mental health and focusing on that as a priority. I think that our children, our youth, um, all across our city, all across our community of East Tennessee are dealing with trauma of all different kinds. And the trauma, unfortunately, is not being dealt with or worked through in a constructive, proactive way. And so you've got children who are walking through the doors of their school every single day facing trauma triggers, and they don't no one is teaching them or building their skills on how to handle, how to cope, how to deal with the hurt that they're facing. I also think that um, we, as a community, have a genuine lack of understanding of what our kids are genuinely interested in. I hear this a lot. We serve middle schoolers. Um, and I hear this a lot, sometimes even from our counselors, we've got work to do internally on this, but they're not interested. They don't want to do anything but look at their phone. They don't want to engage. They don't know how to engage, you know, just this, this real negative talk around our students. And I found that to really be untrue. Um, I think if you ask students what they want to do, ask them what they want to engage in, ask them what they're interested in, ask them what they're missing. There's some really profound answers in there. And I don't think that we as a community have really taken the time to sit down, ask those questions, and not assume that we know what the answers are going to be. I'm hearing a lot uh, from the people that we're talking to about the importance of involving youth in the solutions. Absolutely. And when we stop and actually ask them, I think we'll realize that we as the adults are missing the bigger picture that the kids are getting mm -hmm. and seeing. Yeah. I love uh, that you brought up mental health as well. We, we actually were able to do some training last year and uh, introduce our volunteers to this idea of trauma and how it affects kids. And of course, um, some of trauma can be intergenerational. You know, it, it's passed on genetically, which is just uh, incredible uh, to think about. Um, but then that idea of uh, regulate, relate, and reason. And uh, we have to, you know, we, we always want to jump right to reasoning. And, and um, we, that, that idea of kind of slowing down and helping kids regulate their own emotions because like you said, you know, often they don't even understand what they're going through and what they're reacting to. So. Right, right. We've implemented this um, to help regulate or help our children breathe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just take a deep breath. We call it five through one. So if a child is feeling, we can tell, we can tell they have whatever's going on, whatever activity we're doing, they can yell out or counselors can yell out five through one. And the students have to name basically five things they can see four things they can touch, three things they can hear, two things they can um, smell, and one thing they can taste. And in that moment, in that time, it kind of, okay, let me notice what's, what my surroundings are. Okay, let me see, let me, you know, and it helps calm down even more so than the count backwards or count to 10, whatever, but just, okay, I'm looking, I'm seeing my surroundings. What do I actually hear? What do I actually smell? What can I taste? Okay. All right, now you go through that and you kind of breathe. And then let's talk about why we're feeling what we're feeling and, and we're reacting the way we're reacting. 
Yeah, that's so good. <clears throat> we've uh, we've we've been trying to make our yoke family aware of uh, some of the resources and training that's available on that. So that that's a great reminder. Um, it sounds like you've got an, a handle on what some of the issues are and what some of the problems are. We also want to talk about what are some of the solutions. And a lot of our yoke family are in, are in positions where they live in the suburbs or they live in more rural areas. They want to be part of the solution, but just don't have any idea where to start. Uh, how can, can we be part of uh, the solution for our kids uh, across the community? If we, uh, maybe even if we live in a different, different part of town. Absolutely. Um, Jonathan, I think your listeners are going to think you paid me to say this, but I did it. You know, my background, you know, where my heart is and um, mentoring is just such a critical role. And I think that people um, sometimes view mentoring as too much or too heavy or oh, I've got to go through a program to mentor. Um, I think that there are very informal ways to get involved and invest in the lives of children and families. And I think we see that all the time. You can do it through church, um, you, their neighbors, there are, they're just, and then there are the more form, formal ways like yoke. Um, but even where you work, you know, we, our message to our counselors who work directly with the children is that you're a mentor first. You see our children every single day and how are you listening? How are you loving and letting the children know that you love them? Um, and then, and then how are you walking the walk that you should be walking? Um, and so I think that that is always going to be my first way to tell people to get involved. Um, even just sitting down asking, you know, at your church, a child in your church youth group, you know, what are, what's something that's missing in our community or what, you know, we found so often and we've hinted at this and talked about this, our children, our youth are not asked questions like this. And I think sometimes when they're just asked, oh, somebody, an adult actually cares and wants to hear, um, I think that can be very freeing as well for youth. Yeah, that's a great uh, answer. I, I'm the same way. I'm in a position where I, I'm getting a lot of phone calls from folks from churches and individuals, you know, what, what can we do? How can we help? And my answer is always, uh, well, assuming that you're already giving to Yoke, <laughs> what would be the next step? You know, it's, yeah. You know, you said it. I, I didn't ask you to say it, but we're we're in the same ministry. You you know what the answer is, whether it's academic performance or relationships at home or or mental health or educational and career aspirations. The one thing. The one common thing that has an impact on all those areas, as you mentioned, is mentoring. Uh, the, uh, the impact of one caring adult uh, on a young person's life can uh, have far-reaching effects. So that's a great, great response. And uh, we certainly want to support not just you, but what you're doing there at Wesley House as well. Um, and sorry to interrupt you, Jonathan, just the, the one thing, you know, we've talked a lot about trauma and adverse childhood experiences and how that relates to trauma. And the one thing that can help reduce those long-term effects is relationships, those long-term adult, meaningful, special relationships, which is exactly what we're talking about, mentoring. Yeah. And I think that 
there's data and research that supports that and backs up what we're saying and how critical it is. Well, it's not hopeless, right? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I want to hear some good news. How is God uh, working through the ministry there at Wesley House? Where do you see the kingdom of God breaking through the darkness? Oh my gosh, Jonathan, I tell people all the time that, um, you know, I hear all the time, there's so much bad in the world. And I'm like, there's so much good. There's so much good. Um, I just think that that's not what's being perpetuated and that's not what you're reading and that's not what you're seeing, but I can tell stuff you stuff doesn't make the news, right? Exactly. Exactly. But I can tell you that walking through the doors every single day, I've got people, there's no media behind them. There's nobody wanting to write a story or writing a news article, but they're here every single day pouring into the lives of our children or the lives of our seniors. And that's happening so often and so much. And I know you see it with your mentors. You know, you see people standing up saying, I'll do it. I'll do it. I care. I want to do it. And I think that there's so much more good that goes on in this world than there ever will be or ever has been bad. And that's not my evergreen or, you know, I've seen a lot of bad. I've seen a lot of our families go through really challenging situations, but the good for me always outweighs the bad. And um, we've got this lady, I'll tell you, I'll tell a fun story. We've got this lady, she goes to this tiny Methodist church um, in South Knoxville. I mean, it's just itty bitty. And she said, just send me a list of things you need and I'll get it. And you know, Jonathan, we, you see that, you hear that all the time. And sometimes people follow through and sometimes not, but we sent her a, a wish list of office supplies. And she said, now send it to me every week. And every single week we get a list. I mean, we get a supplies of stuff that we need and it's copy paper. We got 200 Sharpies. <laughs> We've gotten dryer paper markers, everything. And you know, it's the, those small things that may not seem like a big deal to other people, but office supplies, as you know, Jonathan can add up real quick when you got to type sure. them. Um, and just to have somebody who cares enough um, and is dedicated enough. And I know that that's not unique at Wesley House. There are people who are doing that all across our community, all across Knoxville. Um, and that's what gives me hope um, to keep fighting and keep moving forward. Well, folks want to know more about Wesley House, where can they go for more information? Yeah, wesleyhousenox.org. Uh, we just revamped our website, so we're excited to share it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Do you mind if I say a prayer for you before we go? I would love that. Thank you for having me. Father, thank you for Kara and for her ministry and the work that you've called her to. Thank you for the legacy of the Wesley House and for all the work that they're doing in that neighborhood. We pray that you would just continue to provide for them, uh, provide for their needs financially, for the resources that, that Kara was talking about, and for volunteers. Uh, we know the importance of uh, positive relationships on the young people that we serve. We pray that you would provide for their every need and continue to protect them as they carry on this vital work in that neighborhood. In Jesus' name we pray. Kara, we're glad that you're in our neighborhood and uh, in our city, and we're glad that you joined us today for the podcast. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. To learn more about Yoke, visit yokeyouth.com. 
Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at Yoke Youth.